recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Alongside Jamie Lent, I'm Choice Woodman. You got the Morning Drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. You can uh, join us with your thoughts, your comments, whatever you want to on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Hit us up through uh, that Double T 97.3 mobile app. Of course, the big news of yesterday, Texas Tech facility upgrades, Double T scoreboard hanging around, and uh, obviously connecting the dots between facility upgrades, Jamie, and and uh, conference realignment. I don't know if it matters at all, but Dennis Dodd, one of the the main guys in this conference realignment conversation tweeted out Texas Tech gets a or announces a two hundred million dollar football facilities upgrade. The timing absolutely cannot hurt. Do you think something like that can factor into all of these conversations? Because right now I believe I did read yesterday that the uh, football training facility will be the largest in the country as projected. So, um, do I think it's possible that? So, your question to me is: Do I think it's possible that Texas Tech announced this right now to try to impress conferences or impress on the Big Twelve conference? I would impress Big Twelve conversation. uh, If there's any sort of SEC or Big Ten truth to any rumors there. Uh, whatever it is, I guess you, do you, you're announced- Do you think that there's any possibility that Texas Tech is going to the SEC or the Big Ten? Now? No. Uh, 15 years from now? Possibly. If okay. if it breaks into two major conferences and that's where it ends up. Some, and you have to go somewhere. Right. If, if there's yeah, 60 total teams, I don't think Texas Tech's left yeah. out. If there's 45 or 50, then we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't I don't listen too much to the conversation about the potential of I don't going either, somewhere else. But, but when it comes to conference realignment, Jamie, I try to keep as open of a mind as possible because it seems like truly anything can happen. I mean, it, the the USC-UCLA news was, I think, blindsiding not just to, to normal folk like you and I, but, I mean, I read plenty of eight, I read the ESPN story you said where so many ADs were completely blindsided across the country mm-hmm, when that right. news hit. So um, the Texas OU stuff was pretty blindsiding last sure, year. Sure, sure it was. So I, I think you have to keep a fairly open mind. Not get your hopes up, but know that just about anything can happen on that front. So I, I'm just I, I'm curious if the announcement was strategically planned or not when it's when you're talking about putting your best foot forward for any possibility. Yeah, I would definitely agree that it doesn't come at a bad time. It comes at a good time to mention all that. And it's just, hey, just remember us. <laughs> we're, we're one of the best remaining guys out there, not in the big big conferences. or uh, we, we shouldn't be left out of a power conference no matter what happens to the Big 12. I guess is is how you should to view this if you're a Texas Tech fan or even on the outside looking in. But that was an interesting tweet by Dennis Dodd. Um, but enough with conference realignment. <clears throat> Your boy Jeter uh, came out. This is kind of a teaser heading into the uh, the Captain series, seven part series coming up. For uh, about Derek Jeter, and he revealed in this ESPN docu series that uh, he and A Rod used to be tight, mm-hmm. like like best pals type of tight. They knew each other since high school. Eventually, obviously, ended up winning World Series together with the Yankees, but. Uh, by the time they got to play together, so this happened before they even were Yankees together, Derek already didn't trust A-Rod. Okay. 
And he explained why in this new docuseries, and this kind of got leaked out before, but the first time A-Rod showed his true colors was in 1997 when he allegedly complained to a reporter off the record about a recent Sports Illustrated cover the two of them did. Okay. Uh, but fast forward. Uh, the, sto- well, the story sorry, that yeah. I, re- I remember had something to do with A-Rod saying to a reporter, you know, basically downplaying G- Jeter's importance in, yeah. in the Yankee lineup and saying, come on, he's pitched differently than I'm pitched to. I mean, you think teams are going into into games against the Yankees and saying we got to shut down Jeter? Yeah. You know, that's really not how it is. He's, you know, compared with their lineup compared to our lineup. It, it said uh, it gives the impression that it was just sort of below him. He said, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm the better player. But A-Rod claims this conversation never happened. Fast forward to 2000, after A-Rod signed his $252 million deal with the Rangers. Even though Jeter had led the Yankees to four championships in five years, A-Rod said publicly that Jeter could never get the same money he got. So that uh, that bothered him again. <laughs> um, okay. Then, uh, Well, I mean, I think that's an accurate statement. I mean... Compared to A Rod, who was a big time run producer, as far as I mean, A Rod hit 50 home runs seasons. I mean, Jeter never, Jeter maxed out at 25 and only drove in more than 100 runs, I think, a couple times in his career. They were just different style of players. You yeah. know, Jeter was more of a singles guy, an on base percentage yeah. guy, and A Rod was, was more of a run producer. And those run producers Make are the guys that get yeah. paid. Uh, the quote itself back in 2000, he just doesn't do the power numbers, and defensively he doesn't do all those things. So he might not break 252. He might get 180. I don't know what he's going to get, 150? I'm not sure. So that oh, was in 2000. Like it's just chump change, right? Yeah, <laughs> like it's just chump change. That just goes to show, I mean, the, the competition between athletes, it's not just about their numbers on the field or their wins and losses against each other or period. It's about even financially. Yeah. And I think so many times when we'll sit back and we'll we'll talk about a guy and like, okay, they've offered him twenty five. Why why does he, why does he have to have twenty eight? Does three more million mean anything? Is it that big it's of a deal? It's all ego driven. It's about well, the guy that he thinks he's better than is making twenty six and a half, right? And he wants more than that. That's what it is. Ego yep. drives it all. Uh, and then. Yeah, Jeter responded to that one. Just goes back to trust and loyalty. This is how this guy feels. He's not a true friend. Uh, then in 2001, one year later, in an Esquire interview, that's where the problem lies, one of baseball players in Esquire magazine, A-Rod trashed Jeter again saying he never had to lead because he was, quote, blessed with great talent around him. He just He can just go play and have fun. And hit second, <laughs> so Jeter didn't care for that too much. So it's where it broke up the friendship. And I'm not gonna s- see. I think that one is really dumb. Uh, I think Jeter was a really, really good leader. Maybe yeah, that's I mean, what he, he was, did he's as the, good as anything. There's a reason they call him yeah. the captain. <laughs> um, I, all comments. It's just like, why do you have to make them, A Rod? Some of them may be true. A-Rod used to be, I feel like he's not near this way anymore, but it seemed like he used to just spew. Like, yeah. he didn't really have as much of a filter. I think that you've, you've come, you came to find out that A-Rod, as a player, was crazy insecure. Yeah. He was an insecure superstar. Mm-hmm. Very similar to LeBron. And yeah. And, and, and I fair. feel like A-Rod, as good as he was in his prime, with all of those roids he was taking... He was still insecure, yeah. and that led him to say things like like that. And and I'm I'm not gonna argue with or not gonna disagree with some of the things he said. But one other thing has leaked from this uh, docu series. I don't know if you want me to tease spoil this for you, or if you just want to see it in the series. Go ahead. I'm okay. Good. Okay. Spoiler: Derek Jeter has responded to the rumors that he gave gift baskets for one night stands oh. and uh denies it so yeah okay good <laughs> so he can just get around that because his people gave the gift basket it wasn't jeter himself Ooh, that's true mm-hmm. it's true if he didn't physically leave it somebody else got it yeah maybe gift so basket. 
you know, it's the uh, you know, I'm not talking to anybody. I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm working at working at my job now, and while well, his people are in the background yeah. talking with other schools. Yeah, Jeets. So, there's your little teaser that's coming out uh, July 18th for that ESPN docu series. Uh, right? I believe it is Monday. Yeah, Jamie's that's... already asked off for the 20th. <laughs> yeah, for all of the. All right, uh, you can continue to hit us up. Many of you have. We'll get some of those thoughts from the Yates Flooring Center chat line next. It is the morning drive on Double T 97.3. It's time for this day in sports history. you got the morning drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie and Choice. Jeff, take it away, please, sir. Not a good day to do something heroic in sports. Okay. A lot happened. 1901, Cy Young wins his 300th game. 1921, Babe Ruth sets a record, uh, a then record, of 137 career home runs. He'd have a few more coming. 1990, uh, 1990, 1926, official morning drive marathon runner, this time walking. Pavlo Nurmi walks a world record four by fifteen hundred hmm. in sixteen minutes twenty six point two seconds. Really fast walker. That is a fast you walker. His, you think his shoes had Velcro, Velcro straps and were all white? There's a good chance of it. <laughs> Heel toe. Heel toe. Nineteen twenty seven. Yankee slugger Babe Ruth halfway to his major league record at the time sixty home runs. Smacks number 30 in the ninth inning in a New York Yankees 7-0 win over the Cleveland Indians at Dunn Field. What's Judge at right now? Do you know? 30 bombs. Is it just 30 at the moment? Yeah. And let's see. Um, they didn't play last night, so he's at 30. So he's sitting at 30. Yeah. There you go. He could break the Maris record. 1949. Baseball owners agree to erect warning pads. Sorry, Jeff. No, it's okay. <laughs> 1949. Baseball owners agreed to erect a warning path. Before each fence in the outfield. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. And also, the way Boone's handling things right now, I mean, he's giving guys days off a ton yeah. because they have such a big lead in the East. Yeah. So that makes sense. He's gonna. He's he's not gonna play the normal amount of games. I bet. So the warning track thing, I think, should be a thing at all levels uh, at least at, from high school on because i see a lot of high school fields that don't have it and need it i see a lot of kids run into walls when they don't know it's mm-hmm. coming 1950 <clears throat> 1951 new york yankees pitcher Allie reynolds throws a no-hitter in cleveland against the uh indians his former team in a one to nothing win mm-hmm. Allie reynolds is the guy that osu's old stadium was named after oh yeah that's right Allie p reynolds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 1959. NBA. Now it's named after somebody with a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> an Irish guy. Oh, bright. 1959. NBC uses cameras to show catcher signals during a Yankees Red Sox game. No truth to the rumor the Astros were paying attention. Mm. 1970. British Open in St. Andrews. Jack Nicholas beats Doug Sanders by one stroke in the event's first 18 hole playoff. To win the his win the second of his three open championships. I kind of wish we had eighteen hole playoffs still. Oh yeah, where it goes to Monday, like the <laughs> like, next day. Yeah, because then you get a whole extra day of golf and two guys going at it. It's it's fun. Quite possibly one of the most famous events in sports history took place. What if today? it's on like NBC and that would interrupt like Days of Our Lives or something? The next yeah, day. I don't know that the networks like it as much, yeah. especially since it goes into a Monday, but. I, I like it. 1979. Chicago. Disco Demolition Night. At Comiskey Park. Fans go wild destroying di- uh, disco records and mm. cause the White Sox to forfeit the second game of a doubleheader to the Detroit Tigers. Because Why did field- we hate disco records so much? Why are we demolitioning the disco? <laughs> really? You guys don't know the story of De- Disco Demolition Night? No, I've heard of it, but why? I mean, why were we? Why did we decide we needed to break all that stuff? It was time for a musical change. Okay, it happens every ten or so years. 
1990, Chicago White Sox, Meldendo Perez, no hits. The Yankees 8-0 in a rain-shortened sixth-inning game at Yankee Stadium. It was the seventh no-hitter of 1990. 1996, Kirby Puckett retires after 12 seasons with the Minnesota mm-hmm. Twins due to loss of vision in one eye. It's kind of hard in baseball to mm-hmm. not see. Also, uh, probably overshadowed on this day in 1996, uh, by Kirby Puckett was overshadowed by Michael Jordan signing an NBA contract with the Chicago Bulls for one year for $30.1 million. And that was crazy money. Oh, it still is. What year was it? 1996. Hmm. And in 2015, men's Wimbledon's tennis. Djokovic successfully defends his title for a third Wimbledon crown. Beach, beats Federer 7-6, 6-7, It's National Pecan Pie Day. Seems out of place. It feels like it a goes? fall thing. Fall? Yeah. Okay. Happy birthday to Brock Lesnar, who's 45. Topher Grace is 44. Richard Simmons is 74. Is he still sweating to the oldies? Oh, he's still sweating to something. <laughs> I don't know if it's still to the oldies, but yeah, he's still the the workout <laughs> king. Uh, Kimberly Perry from the band Perry is 39. And LaShawn McCoy is 34. And on this day in 1862... President Abraham Lincoln signs into law a measure calling for the awarding of a U.S. Army Medal of Honor in the name of Congress. To such uh, non-commissioned officers and privates, all shall shall most distinguish themselves by their gallantry in action and other soldier-like qualities during the present insurrection. The previous December, Lincoln had approved a provision creating the U.S. Navy Medal of Valor, which was the basis for the Army Medal of Honor created by Congress in July of 62. Cool. So very first, uh, well, the creating of of the Congressional Medal of Honor. Awesome. And that is the Stan Sports History. There you go. Uh, Let's see a few from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. A few questions for Jamie. Like uh, this from Central Texas. Hank, Jamie, what are your thoughts on Jake Ducart, the uh, coming attack from Oregon State? Is this a major pickup for our baseball program? Uh, a veteran hit um, hit two two homers, drove in twenty last year, played in forty three games. Um, so he's an he's an infielder. I'm kind of trying to spin through things here. Looks like he was, you know, he played most games, but not you know, your everyday shortstop or anything like that. So I don't know um, exactly where they would pencil him in. But, again, a veteran with uh, with some good upside. So, you know, gives you a little more versatility within that infield. So I, I think it's a good pickup. Well, you're losing pretty well your whole infield, right? Well, I mean... Jace is Jace Young's definitely gone. He's gone. Cole Stillwell's likely gone. Kurt Wilson's um, gone. Kurt definitely. Wilson's gone, and Parker Kelly's Parker gone. Kelly's gone. Right. So, so ba- basically, losing your whole infield, or yeah. at least anticipating that. You question about Cole whether he'd be back or not. You know, so there, there's a little bit of doubt there. But you, you signed a lot of shortstops, and um, we'll see. You right. know, some of them have the potential to get drafted, but, um, and then. You know, uh, you had Loudon Brooks transfer out, so you're definitely looking for that position. Okay, I think Ty Coleman, um, come, you know, last year shoulder injury and had surgery, um, really couldn't throw, so he couldn't play third base. I think Ty could be in the mix for third base this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hudson White in the mix for one of those infield positions, not shortstop, but really any of the other three. I think he could play really well. Yeah. Um, did you um, see Hudson's playing for the uh, USA team? I did see that. Yeah. And he's doing – I saw him uh, gun down – who was that? Oh, I don't know. I, he gunned down someone that uh, didn't get caught stealing the entire season oh, wow. in college baseball. So that nice. was that was a nice throw. Um, you know, help if his pitchers this year would have held runners on a little better. <laughs> Feels like – I think if there's one – my biggest gripe of the year – it seemed like no tech pitcher could 
old runners on worth a flip this year. Mm. I don't know. That's just by chance that but you got. They're not as several... bad as the Texas guy. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. They no one gave up a uh, a stolen base of home without ever looking up. So that's <laughs> good point, Jeff. Good point. Aaron, uh, as far Aaron as... Nixon, he transferred too. By the way, he hit the portal. I don't know where he's committed. okay. Uh, but the Ducart guy, you would think he's not coming here unless he feels pretty confident that he's going to start. Right, right. So, so, yeah, I would agree with that. So he, I'm sure, was uh, was feeling good about his conversations with the tech coaches. But it's good get. Adds depth, yep. if nothing Ab- else. Absolutely. All right, uh, a couple more questions for Jamie. We'll get back to some realignment thoughts in hour number two as well. And I get to eat a treat. The dog treat. It's the morning drive on Double T 97.3. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the morning drive podcast from Double T 97.3. That's right. You've got the morning drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. He's Jamie Lent. I'm Choice Woodman. Hang with you till 9 o'clock this morning. A few of your thoughts, comments, questions. All rolling in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll uh, get back to a few of those. I want to talk some realignments. Jamie has his question of the day, 15 minutes away from right now. I want to wrap up this conversation. Someone asked about baseball and will there ever be any money coming in for baseball similar to what we've seen for basketball and football recently. Uh, Someone else says, what does it take to get baseball a little piece of that pie? Does Tech need an entirely new stadium or just $30 in upgrades like OU just pledged? That's, I mean, I'm not a, <laughs> I don't know that I'm an expert, no expert. In, in, in that area. Um, I, I think a, a big part of it is what they're doing now. Okay. So mm-hmm. I think what they're doing now is, is, is fantastic. Um, you know, as far as a, a training facility for the guys where they can hit and field and lift and all that kind of stuff. And that's where their locker room will be. And all of those things, I think, you know, players, tend to uh, spend a lot of time in that area and you want them to be comfortable and love it and all that good stuff. Just like the the basketball team spends a lot of time in the Womble uh, as well. So uh, I think that's huge. I think that's massive. I I think you'd like to to continue to see upgrades to the stadium. I don't necessarily think it has to be completely redone. That's, I mean, I, 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 there's a lot about our stadium that I really, really like. So I, but you you've been to O'Brate Stadium now, a brand new one mm-hmm. for OSU. Mm-hmm. I just compare that to well, just doing upgrades. Because I think I I read I believe theirs wasn't crazy expensive. I think theirs was. I, I really it was don't like want to speak. Fifty five. I think it was sixty five million. million okay. I think is what I read. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Sixty-five million is double what OU. Sixty million. There you go. So it's double what OU just pledged to do upgrades mm-hmm. on theirs. When we think, okay, upgrades to facility versus man, you could do everything you wanted with a brand new one and put maybe a berm in the outfield or outfield mm-hmm. seating, those sorts of things. I, it'd be nice to be able yeah. to. Have I think a, a lot nice of sh- I think a lot of fans would tell you they'd like to get rid of the look of the metal bleachers. Okay. Yeah. You know, in our stadium, all. Yeah. I I mean, I would love to see a a berm. I would love to see something going on behind the outfield walls. But I mean, you're kind of landlocked in. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. You got to. And. You're limited. Yeah. So no, I, I agree with what you said. Uh, When it comes to the recruiting battles, all of that. Um, it's just going to be really, really hard to to win those battles. You have when your facilities are nowhere close, and and again, that's what that's why you're working on what you're working on now. Yeah, but then by the time that's finished, it feels like it'll be time for some more upgrades. It's yeah. the it's the arms race that is college athletics, and um, I mean, you only have so many fingers to plug holes on the dam. Sure, sure, and that's I mean, I get it, I get it, and. You know, it's not really just on the athletic department. It's about, you know, the donors. Yeah. That I mean, that's a big part of it, right? I mean, if there's somebody out there who wants to donate to, you know, the track program or the tennis program or the sure. volleyball program or the baseball program specifically, you're allowed to do that. And 
and say, hey, I want this money to go to that, and, and those things can happen, but you need those people. Unfortunately, I, you know, I don't have that kind of money. Are you, you sure? You might. <laughs> you you, yes, Jeff Haxton, I have that yeah, kind of money, yeah, but uh, I, don't, I don't think that's quite quite true i'd love mm-hmm. i'd love to have that kind of money where i can just uh, you know hey new baseball stadium Here's let's go for it yeah. i give i give yeah. you what you need there yeah. i don't and know. you can only ask dusty womble so many times because <laughs> that's a lot of money he's yeah. pledged in two years or three years so. sure and no question and i mean you're grateful big time I for mean, sure be like ah, yeah. yeah how much more you got there yeah. that you want to donate but i don't know if um I don't know that I if I feel like it, the stadium somebody suggests that it should re- relocate to Quaker in the Loop, Texas Tech Parkway, the Loop. I, I don't know if it should relocate or which not. would be I, over by the softball yeah. stadium, right? Yeah. Oh I, no, it'd be further north. But I don't have a strong opinion about that. I just I just feel like that you need to keep working to improve all as, aspects. And I, I mean, I, you're clearly you've you know you've you've done amazing things with basketball you're you're heading towards doing that with the facilities of football and yeah um you know uh, other sports are again you get where the money comes from right football men's basketball 100 percent. yeah you get so you understand why they're the ones that are taken care of and it, I, I mean if anybody's just tuning in it doesn't don't want to sound ungrateful for what you just got in football it's just someone asked the question about baseball and and when is that going to come because that seems to be the next Big one recently. You've got tennis, um, a tennis facility partnered with the, the Falls to build that. Yep. Um, I in think the, in I, the works, and I believe that's still on track. So, so all of that uh, sort of thing. Someone says, going back to the football one already of, or how any any idea of how much of the two hundred million has already been raised? I believe it, the vast majority of it's been raised up to this point, um, or you wouldn't announce a start time of of a uh, post football season to start construction. So I, I'm pretty sure most of that has been raised up to this point. Um, and the two big donations that we mm-hmm. heard about before this were Womble uh, and Cody Campbell. Uh, someone else says, I hate the lodge seating. Nobody sits Ooh. in them because their clubhouse AC makes the end zone look empty during the games. That's loge. 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 I was like, right? I think you're right. Loge. 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 Something. Which else. is the same as the others. It's funny. Out. I. It's it's funny because I always think they look like cool seats. As I, from where I sit, I look in that direction and I feel like, oh, those look pretty cool. But, um, I, I, you know, I get what they're saying there as far as, you know, those people are up in a up in in the um, club area hanging out they're not really sitting in those seats and unfortunately it makes it look bad on television yep yeah i think uh i get the the sentiment it's the same thing for the baseball behind home plate seats it's way more comfortable to go up into your your suite when you have it and it's in the dead heat of the day but at the same time those are your most expensive seats and those are the people that are are paying a lot of money for them so you could separate them, but then it it's, uh, changes things up quite a bit. Um, yeah, all right, I'll do this. <clears throat> so, Jamie yesterday s- told us about this uh, dog treat. It was blueberry flavored. And then I said, I you did, know what? I said it smelled blueberry. My dog really wasn't It definitely interested. smells blueberry. Whoa. Mm-hmm. My that dog is, really oh. wasn't interested. It was, like, too fluffy for him. And okay. Just, the first sniff was all blueberry. didn't smell like a dog treat. Then I got to the other side, and it smells like a dog treat, too. So <laughs> it's not as good. So I claimed, you know what, I'd, I'd try it. And then Jamie's going to make he, me back he it up. He says that he's done this before. Yes. I don't think. I would guess, Jamie, that I am not in the minority when it comes to people who have tried a dog treat at least once in their life. Well, well be, you're in the minority in in this in this grouping. room. I am so, I, yes. but I if, if people are being honest, I would guess a good chunk, at least when they're kids or something. Probably not many thirty year olds out there eating dog treats now, but people have tried dog treats in their life. Pepperoni was the great example from yesterday. Let's make this clear. I think Choice is going to be fine. I, I don't oh, think he's can. in any danger. I just think this is ridiculous. Do I need a trash can? Surely I'm not going like, to. No, I, you'll be fine. Like, yak with this, right? 
The, I'm more worried about I'm your teeth breaking. dog food. My what? Your teeth breaking. Oh, it's not that hard. It doesn't look Is that it hard. a soft one? He just took a bite. Like, he ate like a third of it. Now he just took the other two thirds in. And he's smiling. That's not bad. <laughs> it's he's really smiling. not. <laughs> like, I don't have to go immediately for a drink and, and okay. wash it down. So, there's not as much blueberry flavor as I'd like. Okay. But <laughs> I can taste it. Like, there is definitely, it like tastes like a little chunk of blueberry in there. So, like, this will probably be worse when it gets stuck in the teeth and I can go yeah, back for it later. Yeah, you're picking that out all day long. <laughs> but it's not, it's not bad at all. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of like, you got another one? <laughs> like, I'm like, kind of be begging you in a little bit. And You'll be begging. For, <laughs> for another treat. Oh, okay. boy. That actually, I'd go back for seconds. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it was not bad at all. I really thought it would be more like dog food because if you're eating dog food, that's terrible. But, uh, okay. Mm. So, blueberry dog treats. Choice approved. Uh, Surely your dog Win- will like it. Winfield not. <laughs> He's eating them, but he doesn't Picky. seem as thrilled as he is with, like, okay. the pepperonis. Well, I can understand that. Except the pepperonis don't taste that good. It's the morning drive. More weirdness next on Double T 97.3. Coming up 30 minutes from right now, we'll get back to some realignment. Revisit the uh, quarterback Twitter conversation, as there has been a lot of reaction there. Jeff will take us through some of that and who are the main leaders are. 15 minutes from now, the boom, boom, boom. Right now... Jamie's question of the day. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, Choice, Jeff, our fine listening audience. Today's question of the day comes from what Choice teased there. I talk on our Twitter poll about the greatest or your favorite Texas Tech quarterback ever. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just got me thinking a lot yesterday about the three who are at the top of my list, which is Mahomes. Mahomes, Zebby, Harrell. And Harrell. And no, Mahomes, Harrell, and Kingsbury are my oh, top three. Oh, okay. Zebby okay. didn't Zebby's in three. top four. Okay. 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 So just take He's Mahomes, Kingsbury, and Harrell. Mm-hmm. Those are the top three. Okay. And I started thinking, and I think this is easy for some and difficult for others. Signature moment mm. for each of these three guys. When you think Cliff Kingsbury, Texas Tech quarterback, Pat Mahomes, Texas Tech quarterback, Graham Harrell, Texas Tech quarterback, what immediately pops into your mind? Maybe it's not a moment. I don't know. But take the three players and give me your, I, I would say, signature moment for all three guys. What pops into your mind about their playing days? So for my guys, it's uh, B.J. Simmons, um, Cody Hodges, and then Graham Harrell. Those are my my three guys. Those are your three guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those are my just. I think you're weird for those being your three guys. Not that order, but I think that's weird. I mean, Patrick Mahomes doesn't even make the top three. He's in there. I mean, he's he's four. I uh, the, the if you the the feeling of just elation that's synonymous with that era of tech football for me, of just getting to go. And part of it is being a kid and growing up on tech football. <clears throat> that's right. When that era is when I was roughly thirteen to eighteen years old, and dad. Took us to games, okay. had season tickets, got to go, and that was the winning era. So okay. I guess the the feelings that come with that, yeah, I are want what does that for? I me. want you because I feel like the three that I've brought up are going to be the top three. Okay, in our Twitter poll. Okay, Mahomes. You think Kingsbury? Mahomes, Kingsbury, and Harold. I think Harold and Mahomes for sure will be top three. I don't know that. Kingsbury I haven't seen cracks. a lot of Kingsbury. Yeah, I have not seen a lot on the on the Twitter. Okay, so I, I haven't seen a lot of. I still want you to go with those <laughs> with three. your three. Okay, okay, I got you. Sorry, I twisted your question wrong. Yes, yeah, signature moment for, for those, those three, three quarterbacks. 
Uh, Mahomes. Man, I. Any one of his rollouts that he just flings a 50-yard bomb. Which one, there's one moment Which one? That, There's one moment against Louisiana Tech that just where he, he's at about the 50-yard line right around there, rolls to his left, and just flicks the wrist. I think it's Jonathan Giles that catches it in the Back of the, the end, end zone. zone. Yeah, just it's like South end that zone. should not be possible. There's another one against West Virginia where he does the same thing, moves around in the pocket 15 times, running for his life. And then just chucks it somehow throws over the top of the defense still with with a massive arm. Um, but the the Louisiana Tech one is the moment I think I I remember the most of of that. And then just the Texas win, the win at Texas. But that was more about Jakeem Grant and the mm-hmm. big people little yeah. world. That I I kind of am with you with Mahomes, and this is what was interesting to me is. There's no one moment for me with yeah. Patrick yeah, that really not. jumped out. Maybe I would pick the LSU bowl game. <laughs> he's running okay, for his life. Where he's running day. for his life on a fourth and 13 <laughs> yeah, yeah. and completes a pass to Jakeem where, um, for a first down to keep you know, Tech's hopes alive. And I just thought that play was absolutely amazing. I could go back to his sophomore season uh, at Cowboy Stadium against Baylor where he just kept throwing deep, 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 mm-hmm. complete, complete, complete. You know, I think he had six touchdowns or five yeah. touchdowns in the game and threw for over 500 yards. Just com- kept completing deep passes. Um, and then I think about him getting just lit up <laughs> in the Texas game yep. at home as one of the Patrick Mahomes moments. Okay. It wasn't a great moment, but I think it's more difficult for him than maybe the other guys. Yeah, I think so because the Harrell one's pretty cut and dry. I mean, it's. It's got to be the moment against it's gotta, Texas. It's got to be, but I I mean, I got 1A and 1B. The pass to Robert Johnson and Kyle Field that one was a the... tougher pass. I mean, a tougher th- – that was more about – the Crabtree catch was more about Crabtree than it was Harrell. Yeah. The Robert Johnson Agreed. catch to beat the Aggies was about Graham Harrell. Dropping the dime. Yeah. Yes. I agree, but those two are the moments. The yeah. other one is like just the picture in my mind of Harrell uh, being raised on shoulders after they beat – Number three, OU, but that one's not. That's, sure. that's distant to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. The the Mahomes, there's a lot more clear cut with Harrell. And then Kingsbury, it's faint for me. Um, no, no, for me, it's number one is the, the bowl win, his very last game over, over Tangerine Clemson. Tangerine Bowl. Tangerine Bowl. And that, for me personally, mm-hmm. is because I got to attend that. That was my first ever bowl game as a kid. Um, and then watching him direct the band after it was, it, it kind of accompanied his personality. Yeah. Now the band thing, it sticks in my mind too. Yeah. So 55 yeah. to 15 against Clemson mm-hmm. where they lit it up and partially it's because on the way over to the bowl game, we're riding the bus and there's a lot of Clemson yeah. fans because of the area and they're all talking mess saying you guys don't have a chance. Uh-huh. So it was fun to see him shut him up. Another Kingsbury moment for me is the double pass against the Longhorns where he ultimately... Mm. I mean, he throws the first pass, and then yeah. it's caught by a receiver and then thrown down the field the to Mickey Welker. Mickey Peters? Yep, Mickey yeah. Peters to yeah. Welker to, that clinched it. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny. He started that play, but, it, I mean, he threw a, a lateral. Uh, was that the OU? No, what game was that? That was against Texas. Texas. At home. That's right. And In 2000, and, that was two. That was the fourth. That was the third down that, that basically allowed Tech to run out the clock. And then the other moment would be the OU game where he came – and it was Spike Dyke's last, last game. Last game. That one where he because yeah, Rob Peters was hurt leads him to the win. Right. Was was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. So an, another one here for Mahomes is the the game against OU. I mean, he was amazing. I, man. man, that would be number one if you win that game. Yeah. That that moment of back and Stuff. forth would be number one. Yeah. But I try to put that one away because it's like yeah. there is zero reason you should ever have a that good of an offensive game and, and not end up winning it. What, 812 yards? I can't remember. Total for, for Mahomes? Just stupid numbers. and The game that lost. defense forgot. Yeah. Have you got anything <laughs> different on, on those three, Jeff? That you know, out? there's a Kingsbury play against Texas, and I want to say it was, it was here. Uh, it was at the end of the game. Tech was up. 
and it was just this running out the clock thing that he basically ran like 15 yards back so that when he got the ball, it would take that much longer to get to him because Texas was all over us that year mm-hmm. uh, defensively. But we were ahead, so we were just running out the clock. And if I remember correctly, he got flagged for delay um, in the aftermath of it. Um, but And that's not a great play, but it was that moment of – we know we're going that you're going to get to us, but we're still going to win the game kind of set up. And I don't know why that always stuck with me when it came to Kingsbury, because he had so many better moments. The directing the band is one of the most iconic. I, I, I don't know why, but that one always sticks in my mind. When I think of Cliff Kingsbury, Texas Tech quarterback, I look of the excitement of winning that game. What, 55-15? 55-15. Right? Yes, I remember where classic. I was. Yep. I was at some relatives in Georgia watching the game, and... um. And I just I remember being so incredibly excited and so incredibly happy for Kingsbury, who someone mentioned the game against K-State where Cliff just kept getting crushed and he just mm-hmm. kept getting up. And that's kind of how I saw Kingsbury as a, as a quarterback, just a battler, a fighter, whatever. Um, So I, it's funny that that's a moment for all three of us of him directing the band. Yeah. Um, Somebody else mentioned Harold running against Ole Miss in the Cotton Bowl right before halftime. Mm. That's one that I'll never forget as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a funny one. Harold versus, versus Minnesota. <clears throat> but Harold wasn't great for, what, two and a half quarters of that game until Man, he was great in the then you started half. getting yeah. going. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome bowl game as well. Come back. All right, uh, a few more on that on the chat line, and uh, we'll hit you with a few headlines with a boom, boom, boom next on Double T 97.3. The Boom 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 on Double T 97.3 is brought to you by Montelongo's Mexican Restaurant. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner at 3021 Clovis Highway. It's time for the Boom 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 with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Choice Woodman. Jamie, start us off with the headlines. All right, Texas Rangers won a slugfest with the Oakland Athletics to open up a three-game series last night in Arlington. Corey Seager... He had his first four-game homer streak come with the He's hot right now. A long ball last night. Rangers also got an inside the park homer from Josh Smith. I saw that. Texas wins ten to eight. How about that for your first career home run to be an inside, inside the, the park homer? That'd be cool. It was uh I think misplayed by the center fielder is a nice way to put it. It was yeah. poorly played. I mean, I guess you can't give him an error because he slid and dove. Yeah, it was kind but. of a tweener ball that he definitely should have held up on and kept it to a single. But said he kind of does a slide dive thing and goes all slide the way. Slide dive, yep. So cool for Josh Smith to get that first home run. I'm sick of all these other guys debuting. Josh Young, come on, speed up, get healthy. I know being at the ballpark on Saturday, and I couldn't, I couldn't help but. Um, be thinking about that and yep. just hoping that he's has that speedy recovery you talk about there and i also find myself rooting against charlie colberson and it's, same here yeah and and it's, it's like no reason fair. it's not fair to him if, yes. or anybody that occupies that third base position i'm saying hey you're you don't matter <laughs> no i don't care about you yeah, yeah do well, fine it's, right it's now, been but. awesome to see how many red raiders have made their debuts this year and yeah you know it'll happen for for Josh Young. It's just a matter of him being healthy. Yep. Hoping to get to that soon. Uh, Texas Tech football, as you may have seen, has announced what we uh, knew was coming, a upgrade to the south end zone as well as the football training facility, a total of approximately $200 million facility project that will uh, be constructed coming up following the 2022 football season. So this is going to be pretty quick, and then they are planning on opening this prior to the 2024 season. So this will be about a little less than a two-year project for $200 million, Uh, a big one, obviously, that uh, is said to be the biggest football training facility in the country. It'll be about 300,000 square feet between the two projects. Wow. Impressive and awesome. I like football the program. one thing I do like. Obviously, the double T scoreboard sticking around that was a big part of it. But I like that they're putting um, 
a couple of video boards, small, but a couple of video boards on the other end. I've seen some other stadiums. I think TCU has that. Some others where it helps the entire stadium be able to look at a replay. Sure. Like, because if you sit on that uh, south, or excuse me, if you sit on the northwest or northeast side, you basically can't see the replays. Right. So it helps the overall stadium experience. All right. Former Cowboys and Bears running back Marion Barber III. Officials say he he died of a heat stroke. Mm. Uh, A statement police in the Dallas suburb of Frisco said the Collin County Medical Examiner ruled Barber's death an accident. Police spokesman provided further elaboration on the circumstances of the 38-year-old's death. The medical examiner's office did not have any other comments. They were doing a welfare check on Barber on June the 1st, were police, and they found him dead in his apartment. Um, you know, at that point, I think everybody wondered what was the cause and, and mm. heart attack or drugs involved, all of those things, but it was heat, heat stroke. stroke. That's crazy. Yeah, and um, Awful. that's... It's. I mean, I, he was a guy that man. It was just fun to watch play. Just fun to watch like, play. And guy that's when you get not just in the red zone, but like inside the ten yard line, automatic touchdown machine. That's Dude was looking for of, contact. Yep, always <laughs> running people over. But yeah. it's uh, almost. I'm almost a little bit glad to hear that it wasn't something with CTE. Yeah, I. I am too. Well, yeah, not something with CTE or drugs or anything. I mean, obviously, death is death, and it's terrible. But right. at, at least it's. You don't have his as reputation much is not soiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. In his death, so um, Texas Tech basketball players, former Texas Tech basketball players, will be on the court tonight for more NBA summer league action. You have uh, Bryson Williams and the Miami Heat on the court, as well as Golden State Warriors. Heat will play the Hawks. Pardon me. Uh, and then the Golden State Warriors, Mac McClung and company, will take on the Boston Celtics this evening. Mac McClung currently top 10 in scoring in the NBA Summer League. Cool. At 19 and a half points per game. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Might venture onto a roster at some point. All right, Count Ben Roethlisberger, among those who may not be a fan of the Steelers' new stadium name. Steelers mm-hmm. announced yesterday that stadium known as Heinz Field, since it opened in 20, or 2001, has been named Acrisure Stadium. Roethlisberger oh, played man. his entire 18-year career with the Steelers. Poor Chuck. He took to Twitter to sound off. Can't believe it. Doesn't seem right or real. Home will always be Heinz Field. I will never forget the last game and all the amazing fans at Heinz Field. It does seem odd. This is the biggest problem, Jamie, with naming stadiums mm-hmm. solely off of sponsorships. Sure. I do not like it. Wish... I am completely fine with having a name and then a sponsor, and then you can change that up. But it should be that should be a name: Soldier Field or Soldier Verizon Field, whatever. Don't care. But at least when that Verizon goes away, you're going to have Soldier Field still there. Mm-hmm. But I, which did you see the plans for that? They're planning on doing it in Chicago with that? I did not. They're talking about doing a billion dollars, keeping Soldier Field, but basically a billion dollar chain upgrades where they're going to put a roof over it. Oh, wow. Put it planning on. I don't that's, think it's official, but they're planning that's on. That's going to be difficult. Yeah. Retroactively putting a, yeah. doming it, which is why it cost a billion dollars. So wow. that's, uh, anyway, yeah, I hate that. Because Heinz Field, that's what. That's what it's been for twenty mm-hmm. something years. Yeah, I hate seeing that too. I'm, you know, you know, I'm one thing about the two hundred million dollar thing that excited me yesterday when uh-huh. when I read the news about it is it feels like over the last few months we've talked so much about you know it's not going to be about the coaches or the facilities or whatever that recruits kids to come to your school. It's going to be about you know nil money. money. Yeah. And this feels like a commitment to Texas Tech to say, no, it, it we are going to mm-hmm. continue to upgrade and be the best that we can be with our facilities. We're not going to sit back and say, hey, we expect 
our boosters to buy us our athletes, to buy us our players, saying we're doing what we can to make this place better and to make this the place that athletes want to come play and to make it great for our fan base too that wants to come watch. And so we're not just sitting back and saying, hey, we're not collecting all of our booster money and say, all right, go get recruits with that money. Instead, you're using it on facilities. So um, let's hope the recruits come because of the facility upgrades and what you have working there. Uh, but at, at the same time, I, I just uh, was always a little bit miffed at the thought that, you know, the coaches and the facilities and the school itself and location and all that didn't matter anymore. It was just about money. Uh so, I don't know, that's just something that popped into my mind when uh, yesterday's news came out. You know, I kind of thought the same thing. Um, I think this this will show us somewhat whether it does matter anymore, whether the arms race is going to continue to happen. I think because this was already in the works before NIL and all of that, you saw this project continue. But I still do think you're going to see a slowdown of the arms race, so to speak. So in college football and college basketball. I think those two sports. Baseball, a sport that NIL hasn't yet seemed to affect greatly. Like basketball, it's it's all about it. I think that mm-hmm. that sport seems to be the most affected by I NIL. I don't know. I saw some Tech baseball players tweeting out pictures of the boots that they got this year with <laughs> I their did NIL see that too. deals. I did see that too. Uh, but I don't know <laughs> if one pair of boots is going to get you to come to a school or not. Who knows? Maybe for a guy like Dylan Carter, it will. Yeah, those better be (laughs) really nice boots. But um, (laughs) I think sports outside of football and basketball, you'll still continue to see that be the major thing, which is why, going back to our other conversation, it is that important for baseball to get those facility upgrades. But we'll see. Only time will tell whether that stuff matters or not or whether the money runs out on NIL. Continue to get those uh, thoughts, comments, questions in, all your reaction on the Gates Flooring Center chat line. We'll get back to some of that realignment conversation as well. It is the morning drive on Double T 97.3.